0: right now
1: me too why am i so zoomed in there we go
0: okay so uh matt so this is a recurring bit on the podcast that our uh our listeners you know we have a lot of focus groups and you know our producers are like really in touch with the community in a way that's you know makes me proud of them shout out to our producers but um they've told me that our audience is i, I think the number was like 26 percent 27 percent um Metal Gear Solid diehard fans like myself, so i uh I actually have some great news uh that is kind of a continuation of uh some pod lore that we had. I think we've talked about it a few times so far, but how in Metal Gear Solid Five, the Phantom Pain, there is a cutscene that had not been unlocked. Do you remember this
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, so this cutscene had not been unlocked yet you know out of anyone playing this game uh it had only been data mined, and in the cutscene um you are congratulated for denuclearizing the entire world meaning every single player in the world playing this game per platform um has had their nuclear weapons on their base that they maintain forcibly uh uh what's the term deactivated i don't know you know the technical term for denuclearization but um basically online you can go and invade people's bases and either steal their nukes set them off or deactivate them because the theme of the whole franchise really in metal gear solid you know is denuclearization and anti-war um and this cutscene, matthew has just been seen by people legitimately the uh playstation 3 community for metal gear solid (laughs) 5 the phantom pain has successfully denuclearized the entire world today july or i guess yesterday july 27th and what's really cool about this announcement uh, is not announcement, that it's this unlock in the game, is that active players are honored in the cutscene. So I would like to thank Steph MG, gobro 21187 Raphael Vinny, uh, Ted Mulekino, Call Me Alice 69, nice, abrek 1989 X, Chef Ket, Chef Quet uh Itsuko shido 990 you know who you are uh who's this guy game sharers unite that guy sounds cool dj chewy 420 hell yeah yeah i'd like to congratulate honestly dj chewy 420 the most out of all these people but i'd like to congratulate the whole ps3 metal gear solid 5 the phantom pain community for successfully denuclearizing the world furthering the vision of the boss you know um shout out to the boss and really i think it's a, a you know i love this stuff and it's it's just like genuinely exciting to me that this like crazy game mechanic that didn't come into play until years after the game came out finally came about um but also you know it's just i don't know i think it's objectively pretty impressive and uh yeah i'm just really i was really excited to see that the cut scene is really cool uh, i've seen it before you know it's been data mined but um I was very proud, very proud that people actually came together and did something positive for once.
1: So everybody listed, that was the entire active player base, right?
0: (laughs) Uh, No, no, there are a number. There is quite a few more uh, in this video. And I don't think the video, you know, probably because it has to, this is like a cutscene of a certain length. There's like a narration going on while the names are on the screen. Um, So they have to cut it at some point. They have, I don't know, maybe like a hundred or so names on the screen. And then they say like, and the whole community or something like that. So there's, there's more than I, you know, DJ Chewy 420 isn't the only, you know, active mercenary out there. Uh, a military, he's not the only active military sans frontiers uh, that's denuclearizing the world. Matt. Theme song. This is the Motion Pixels Podcast. I'm your co host, August Meyer. August, say hello. Uh, Greetings, listeners, watchers. Yo. Joined by my co host, Matthew Rawlings. Matthew, say hello. Hello. Because this is the Motion Pixels Podcast. This week, um, we have uh, thoughts, questions, comments, concerns. Um, all of which will be addressed. And chief among them is that for the past like three weeks, I've been sitting on having watched Japan Sinks 2020, 2020's best anime, and have not had anyone to talk at about it. So um, talk. at I will be ta- <laughs> Yep. <laughs> That's what's going to be... happen here right now. <laughs> so I will be talking at Matthew about Japan Sinks 2020, 2020's best anime, um, among other things um we we'll, we uh Matthew and I have jumped back into the uh Destiny 2 Dunk Tank uh and it's been great honestly it's been pretty cool so we were going to talk about that we have other uh thoughts to spew other takes to uh emulsify in your brains um for all sorts of subjects subjects you know that many people like to listen to many people like to watch people talk about many people are interested in um, certainly all of our listeners, uh, The Last of Us 2, the Last of Us Part 2, a very controversial game that we've talked about. Not at all, I don't think. I think I talked about it once for like a minute and then Matt cut it out because it was <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> boring or something. I don't know. Um, maybe. But well, you started I to I... talk
1: about it and then we started talking about like uh, something else. Like you mentioned dogs and then it went off on a tangent. So.
0: Oh, yeah. I've killed a lot of dogs. Spoiler. But uh, we... Mail. So you know, maybe dip our content toes into the content waters of uh, tent Sorry, Vermintide Two. Uh, it is a Left for Dead like um, by an up and coming um, IP dispensary called Games Workshop. And uh Ooh, that's yeah, already I a think... correction. What is it? How is that a correction?
1: Uh, it's just it's by a different studio. Game Workshop do doesn't actually make anything.
0: No, but they still dispense the IP.
1: Oh, they dispensed it, but it's not by them.
0: Yeah, check the tapes, listeners. Uh I don't think I ever said it was I'll check made the tapes. by them. I'm gonna yeah. I think I said that they dispensed the IP, famously. Games Workshop dispenses their IP to gamers around the world, uh, one of which is Matthew Rollins. And we may get to that if we have time. Um also I just want to start the podcast by addressing something Tenet needs to just like simmer down they need to pull a james bond and just stop teasing the world no one's going to go to a movie theater in august or whenever they've said they're going to release it now after delaying it like six times just drop it delay it indefinitely actually and you know stop stringing us along because i'm not going to a movie theater to watch this movie that i'll probably really like and you know i'll watch it at home i'll take one for the team i'll take one for christopher and uh nolan and you know i'm excited to see it but just stop (laughs) warner brothers uh yeah also james bond keep up what you're doing i like that i've not heard anything about it the pain is a lot less uh in these trying times so matthew would you like to start the podcast off by me talking at you yes all right so japan sinks 2020 very very good anime netflix as we all know, um, as weebs around the world know, uh, has been dispensing IP left and right. Very good anime. Very good anime. And Japan Sinks 2020 is the newest one by, oh man, I forgot his name, but the creator, showrunner, director of Devilman Crybaby, the best anime of the Netflix put out of like 2018 or whenever that came out. Um, It's this new thing. And it's about Japan sinking, the continent of Japan sinking. It's a disaster uh, adventure about a family of four, um, a young track star girl. If you've watched Devil Man Crybaby, you know that this guy who makes these shows, I guess, really loves track. In the same way that, like, David Foster Wallace just has this obsession with tennis, because that was what he did when he was younger, I guess. Um, David Foster Wallace, you know, controversially uh, important author of infinite chest um cool book but uh yeah this anime japan sinks 2020 is really good um it follows this family the the aforementioned family that i just aforementioned um so it starts out and the the mother of this family is getting back in a plane uh from a trip to i think the philippines and uh, maybe it wasn't the philippines uh, it might have been the Philippines, but she's getting back to Japan from a uh, a long trip. And while she's in the air, uh, a massive earthquake uh, destroys parts of Japan. Um, and it's this huge, huge, huge earthquake. And um, she like, crash lands and eventually finds her way to her family in, um, I don't remember what part of Japan, but in a, in a city in Japan. And you know their whole town had been destroyed. Uh, the one of the, the main characters is this, this track star girl. her like whole uh, her whole track team is like destroyed killed by this, uh, by this by this earthquake. It's crazy. it's crazy, it's super intense. And the story starts there and just follows this family as they try to figure out um, as they try to figure out how to survive best um, in a scenario where your continent, your your country is sinking into the ocean completely. And uh, it's really cool. It uh, has a lot of similarities to Devilman Crybaby, but is a lot less uh, explicitly gory. Uh, That's one thing I I love gore in in anything really. And in Devilman Crybaby, that has some of the most intense, just in-your-face gore I've ever seen in an animated uh, anything, really in anything. And um, I love that. It was awesome. And Japan Sinks has some crazy violence in it but it's not nearly as gory as uh uh devil man crybaby so if that kind of thing isn't your thing you know if extreme over the top like fantasy gore it's not up your alley totally understandable japan six might be more up your alley um, from this really great creator uh, of anime and i recommend you check it out wholeheartedly um because it's crazy it's crazy it's uh it really really reminded me it's i mean i think i don't i haven't really seen much of the discourse on the, on the web about this, uh, this anime, but I imagine a lot of people uh, myself included are comparing it to The Leftovers if you've seen The Leftovers um, it has this quality about it where it follows these it follows like a main set of characters but along their journey they meet all these really eccentric um, characters that have these arcs that kind of uh, they're kind of not self-contained, but they're so wildly different than the arcs of the main characters that it adds this layer, this level of like absurdism almost to the story. It's like uh kind of reminds me, it's like one of my favorite genres of uh a film where in movies like Forrest Gump or like big fish or um, I'm trying to think of some other ones that, that fall into this, 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 these tropes, but it's about these big, long, ridiculous journeys. And, uh, about these people you meet along the way that are really important to the overall story in terms of like the, the main characters development and how they get from point A to point B, but they don't like these, these characters don't really linger for a long time. And you just get these vignettes into wild, uh, wild and interesting lives of of, of people. And um, I really like that in any film or TV show and Japan Sinks nails it it's all about that. It's, it's that it's entirely that kind of, that kind of thing. And if you like the leftovers, it's also really thoughtful. Um, it's really dark and weird, but also really funny. And um, if you like disaster movies, I, I love disaster movies like, like Twister or Volcano. Um, you know, Volcano is not a great movie, but I used to watch it all the time when I was younger. And this movie, this, this series really reminded me of it. It's like 10 episodes on, uh, on Netflix and uh, really easy to get through. And, Yeah, it's really cool. One thing I'll say about it, though. One thing I'll say about it, though. And if you, like me, recognize Neon Genesis Evangelion to be the greatest anime series of all time, you will know that sometimes (laughs) animated shows run out of budget to animate their shows. Uh, in Neon Genesis Evangelion, famously. They have basically slideshows of concept art or like sketches uh, in the last couple of episodes because they just didn't have the money to animate anymore. And Japan Sinks 2020 is not nearly to that level, but the last few episodes have some pretty bad animation, I will say. But I think the story is good enough. I think the story and uh, everything that's happening, all the themes and the the flavor of it, are good enough to justify a couple episodes of really bad animation at times. Um, it's really cool. It's really, really cool. Um, visually it it looks great. It's, uh, it gets really weird, but not as weird as devil man where you had all these like really swirling colors and a lot of abstract, uh, a lot of abstract imagery. Uh, this is a lot more realistic. Um, but it does have some crazy character design does have some crazy, uh, weird happenstances that um look amazing. Uh you know, giant huge scale stuff, you know, like tectonic plates moving. You know, you're gonna see that in this. And uh it's just really good. It's really good. There's not a I I think recently the disaster genre has been centered around like post-apocalyptic adventures. And frankly that's quite boring to me at this point. I know some of the things we're gonna talk about in this podcast that are very good, like Blastoise Part II, are this post-apocalyptic um, kind of thing, but uh, this is an active disaster show. Like the the earthquakes are happening and society is crumbling and real time, and it's pretty cool the way that it that it does it. And I really liked it. Also, I will say there's a pretty cool Easter egg in well, like one of the main characters of Japan Sinks 2020 is uh I don't know if he's meant. I mean, I, I assume he's meant to be, but he he's pretty much exactly looking like one of the main characters of devil man crybaby and when i saw it i was like what did they just rip this character from this like totally different i you know i assume these are in totally different universes uh you know one is about devils and angels taking over the world and uh, in devil man crybaby there's about just like a very realistic take on uh a continent sinking or a country sinking due to uh earthquakes and whatnot but um yeah one of the main characters is just like the same from Devil May Cry crybaby and i thought that was really cool that they they did that like he's a completely different guy but looks wise it's just like the same guy And i thought that was really really crazy of them really cool decision um on their part um but
1: maybe they just use the same actor
0: uh yeah <laughs> maybe <laughs> um i mean but it's animated you know so you know they're drawings what do you mean it, yeah are you, are you familiar with drawings matthew
1: like sketches,
0: yeah, like sketch, like the end of neon Genesis evangelion, like sketches <laughs>
1: uh yeah, uh
0: cool, well, uh, yeah, japan Six <laughs> is <laughs> really good, and i I recommend it to anyone uh who's just looking for something to watch uh and it likes uh big intense disaster scenarios um yeah, it was do, what are your, do you have any thoughts Matt? do you have any thoughts it sounds cool,
1: um the biggest takeaway I have from that whole uh that whole speech you just gave was there's actually a show called Devil May Cry Baby, yeah. At, well, at I, first you it, kept saying it. I thought you were like making fun of Devil May Cry, and I was like, "Wow, he's." And after like the fifth time, I was like, "Wow, he's really sticking to this bit, huh?" <laughs> um, so I looked it up while you're talking, and that's just a really shitty name. <laughs> I can't believe. that. What do you mean? That's an awesome name. Um, uh, I, I wouldn't watch it based off the name. That that's like, you're what? not Why? supposed to. Ju- it just sounds so dumb like i'd watch this mean, this sounds, sounds cool this has a cool name japan sinks like that, that's kind of it's
0: called japan sinks 2020
1: yeah like i don't know that's cool devil man cry baby it's just like i
0: don't know <laughs> it's the, i don't devils, think it's a great name devils are cool cry babies are you know esthete you know it's flavorful it's a very flavorful name
1: yeah but i don't know uh Japan thing sounds neat i might check it out i've just been in a real like not wanting to watch tv phase right now like i've just i've been trying to get through westworld and i mean that makes it sound like it's boring well uh, the season three is pretty good so far but uh i it's been like a month of me watching it and i think i've seen like three episodes so it's just been kind of hard to like actually sit down and watch something but this is definitely on my list like if i'm looking for something on netflix ever yeah it's quite there. good
0: it's quite good um, you know, I think you'd probably like it. I think you'd probably like it. I think it's hard to dislike unless you really dislike disaster stuff. Um, but it's cool. I was really taken aback by it, especially because, I don't know, the, the Leftovers is just so good. And That's this the is
1: part like, that I really like the most because The Leftovers is such an amazing show. Like, yeah, if it channels like any of those vibes, dude, I'm in.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, think about it, right? Just in the purely in the scenario of these two shows. So Leftovers is about this huge global event and the repercussions of it, and so is Japan sinks, and it, you know it's about this huge like the literal the entire continent of Japan is just going into the ocean, and everyone needs to get off of this this island nation and the show's about that, and there's all this like'm not going to say supernatural stuff, but there's you know there's there's very weird things that happen on their on the journey of the show just like in the leftovers how you have this leftover the leftovers i mean goes into straight up supernatural stuff at, at many points and this this doesn't do that as much i would say but um certainly it certainly does to uh in, in a lot of ways so it's cool i, I really that, that i don't know if that's a genre but um that that kind of thing it, it is awesome and i like it and the fact that a like a big budget anime on Netflix has it um from a creator that i really liked before um it's pretty cool
1: is it a big budget anime though didn't you say they ran out of money at the end
0: (laughs) i mean i would also say evangelion is a big budget anime it's like a it's a very well produced like clearly they had some great talent behind it and the animation in the last two episodes isn't horrible it's not like it's not like it's not animated it almost seems like it's just animated by someone else i imagine animated by someone else who was like cheaper um but it's like you know it's like maybe 20 10 20 percent of the whole show is is like this and it's i did not find it unbearable i found it kind of funny (laughs) um but yeah i mean i would call this a, a big budget anime but i don't know a whole lot about anime in general to be frank so um maybe it's not in terms of the anime i feel like i've seen a lot of the anime that is just kind of like the i don't know the standards i feel like i've seen a lot of the standards of anime and um you know like your death notes your evangelions your uh What's that one? Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Um, stuff like that. That's, you know, quite popular. Uh, Attack on Titan, One Punch Man, that kind of thing. And out of those, I would say that its animation holds up. It's, it's really stylistic and uh, similar to Devil Devilman Crybaby, which has this really crazy style. Um, really crazy style where there's these, like, when characters walk, they're, I don't know, they like, their limbs kind of stretch a little bit more than is, is is normal in the real world. And it lends it this uh, this really fast-moving style. And uh, I don't know, the colors are swirling around, uh, the use of darkness and like the color black. like uh, The color black will just take up a lot of the screen, and you'll have these like little outbursts of color in Devilman Crybaby a lot of the time. And it's really cool. Um, and Japan Sinks doesn't really do that as much, but um, it's still very stylistically uh, just great. I don't know. I, I don't know how to... I don't know the words to describe it specifically, but it looks it looks really cool, um, and does a good job of conveying all of the um, huge natural disasters that are happening all the time uh, in a stylistic way. Hmm. And I thought it was it was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, well, sounds neat. Do you think they're yeah, going to so Japan do Sinks twenty twenty? Check it out. Does, what is it? Does it set up for another season, or is this like a one off kind of?
0: No, I mean it. Hundred percent is a one off. Uh, i don't see any way it could it could be there won 't be a know, japan rises twenty twenty one uh no spoilers <laughs> no spoilers that's what it's all i'll say it's all i 'll say um but uh yeah i haven't been watching a ton of stuff uh you know on Netflix, but that is one of them. I watched also uh unsolved mysteries and it's like <laughs> It's have we not worst. talked yeah think,
1: we watched that a while ago have we not talked about that yet
0: yeah we should we should talk about it <laughs> you know you know okay we'll do a little bit of. i know we didn't this wasn't part of the agenda but we can we can go into it uh yeah it's fine but it just it what's a, i'm trying to think of a, a the word to describe this it is by definition the fundamental core of unsolved mysteries is unsatisfying because every episode is really interesting. And then at the end they're like, and we have no idea what happened. It's like, come on. Like I need a resolution to this. There's a lot of, you know, you just, you just dropped a lot on me to just have me keep carrying it. Um Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really dumb, frankly, but oh, some, of some, stu- some of the stuff, some of these scenarios that they introduce are cool but i find it so unsatisfying that there's no resolution that it's just like yep and uh if you have any ideas just shoot us an email <laughs> but uh we don't know what happened
1: <laughs> yeah i well there's some where it was like you kind the one that was the most guilty of that was the uh the husband that just disappeared and well, were they in boston was and that-,
0: that guy was recently allegedly spotted in chicago holy I shit i haven't seen really? him personally, though yeah. see that's yeah, cool just like last week oh my god
1: okay yeah like um no, didn't they find him dead?
0: No, not they, in the show.
1: I, he fell through the roof. They found. Oh,
0: which guy? I'm talking about the. I'm talking about the French guy who killed his family There's and a then friend... like went off into the.
1: I didn't watch that episode. You haven't watched the whole thing. No, I didn't watch that one. I watched most of them. Actually, I watched all of them besides that one. Uh, I thought you're. T- I was talking about <laughs> the guy that. Uh, that fell off the hotel um oh that's
0: the coolest one that i mean that's the most that's the craziest story well that's That's, yeah it's crazy it's
1: also the least satisfying because that one they actually just have no clue you know like that's what i'm
0: saying man it's like clearly there's some like crazy mafia stuff happening here and they just like they're like yeah we found this uh he, he this guy jumped off a the top of a hotel this fancy hotel well, he might have jumped off the top of this fancy hotel somehow he fell off of the top of this fancy hotel. He wrote a suicide note, but it's clearly written in code
1: <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> we don't we don't know what it says, but uh it's crazy <laughs> yeah,
1: that one that one was uh, that one's all over dude that yeah, uh the one that I enjoyed the most because you basically knew uh the verdict or like what happened was the one with the uh the crazy like lady that would get married and then get divorced and then she like killed her husband and then
0: that that one sucked bro because that's what i'm saying that like at the end of it you're like this this woman is still just like chilling somewhere yeah and you're just told all this awful stuff that probably definitely happened and then at the end of it they're like yeah and that sucks yeah no, I don't I don't know. I I thought that one was
1: pretty good. I I thought it told a pretty good like story, you know, less of a case and it was more of like this lady's fucking crazy and awful. And I don't know. I I enjoyed that one. I thought the UFO one was like the dumbest of all of
0: them. What do you mean? That's the best one? the best it's the best one because it's like it follows this guy who seems really genuine. Uh, and and he just just wants to get (laughs) 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 Uh, it's just about this guy from like they live in like somewhere in like new england and he's this you know real like loves the town that he lives in and just wants to get his story out there that him and his family were abducted by aliens and he uh at the end at the end of the episode is like you know what i'm a bit of an artist and uh i made this kind of therapy (laughs) He shows this just really shitty painting <laughs> of like a little kid getting like sucked up by a tractor beam uh from yeah. a ufo and it's like man like i appreciate that you're getting your feelings out there but like that the is- netflix audience is gonna roast you because that, <laughs> that looks like a fucking paint by the numbers you know uh dr- you know the drinking paint things you go to it's pretty bad man and uh you know it was I love UFO stuff and that was a f- that was a fun episode for me. Um but yeah, that show pretty dumb.
1: Yeah, I mean that that UFO one might have more uh more credibility with all the the UFO shit that's been going on right now.
0: Dude, it 100% happened. I 100% believe the oh, UFO really? stuff.
1: I'm yeah, so torn on stuff like that cuz it's like it was so long ago, you know, and it's hard to I, it, it, I don't know like i don't i, I wouldn't see no say reason to be skeptical couldn't have happened but i also like i don't know wouldn't i don't lose sleep over it <laughs> i guess um sure yeah that show is it's it's a fun background watch see that's why i didn't watch the french one because these were all background watches for me i i was kind of doing other stuff while i had them on and the french one i at least the beginning was all subtitled and i was like well I'm normally okay with this, but I'm not going to keep my eyes on the screen the whole time. So I'm not. So I won't watch. But what happened in that one? That guy, the guy's out there. He killed his family or something?
0: Yeah. So basically it's about this like count or duke or something. This royal guy in France who goes like bankrupt gambling or something. And to like spare his family, the shame of it or whatever, he kills his entire family and then just deuces out into like the forests of france somewhere and uh the, the picture they paint is that this guy 100 percent did it they know how he did it they know when he did it they saw him just like leaving the country calmly and uh he just walks into a forest and then is never heard from again crazy crazy yeah he like methodically killed like three or four of his kids and his wife one night the fuck man and they just left Ugh. yeah but, uh, you know, the producer was in some interview, uh, showrunner, I don't know, someone who worked on the show, some bigwig over at uh, Unsolved Mysteries HQ, <laughs> said in an interview uh, recently that they got a, one of the most credible calls they got that they forwarded to law enforcement was someone having just watched that episode and um, seeing, a, hearing a French guy on Lakeshore, the, the Lakeshore Path, uh, which if you're familiar with Chicago, is this really popular um, running and walking path right along the lake um really beautiful really beautiful walk take a look there you know have a have a jog there next time you're in chicago but uh someone heard a french accent while on the lake Shore path looked over and just saw that guy or said they saw that guy um here in chicago so you know if you're if you were a loved one have heard about this guy in chicago call the fbi or whatever they tell you to do don't call us and uh yeah i mean that was probably the most interesting part of all of unsolved mysteries to me
1: yeah i i like all the whenever they do these real world i guess documentaries i, I love to look up the meta shit that comes after so that was fun i wonder how many crazy calls they got
0: about the ufos <laughs> oh i'm sure that i think that in that same interview they mentioned how they just got like this insane amount of uh Responses and most of them are just <laughs> bullshit.
1: Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> oh UFOs.
0: Oh UFOs. But uh yeah, unsolved mysteries. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. Or background That's watch my, it. You know, you can do whatever you want. My official. This is the official message of the the Motion Pixels podcast. You know, it's fine. Check it out if you want to. Whatever. Who cares?
1: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Mm-hmm. So how about? We transition to your, uh, I'm going to give you five minutes <laughs> to talk about um, Last of
0: Us 2. No spoilers. Or maybe more. What do you mean do you... five minutes? What do you mean five minutes? You're boxing me in? I'm an it's artist, a, Matt.
1: Uh, it's a game about a story, in. and I don't know how much you can talk about without ruining stuff. Like I'm, trying to, really? I'm, just, I'm just trying to exist in a world where I can make it to November with no Last of Us 2 spoilers. Why are you waiting until November? Because that's when I'll get a PS5.
0: Oh, sure. Hopefully. Sure, sure, sure. Um, okay. Well, I'm going to talk about it without any spoilers. The, uh, so, Last of Us 2. Last of Us 2 is a very good game. It's a very good game. I, uh, you know If you're somehow unfamiliar with it, which is okay, uh, it is the sequel to a lot of people's favorite game of the past couple decades. Um, which is a PlayStation 3 and 4 game, first PlayStation 3, uh, then they remastered it for PlayStation 4, um, Sony-exclusive game, um, about a uh, a guy who brings a girl, uh, a younger girl, across the country because they are in a post-apocalyptic, this is the first game, uh... The Last of Us Part 1, I guess you could call it. Uh, they're in a post-apocalyptic world <laughs> where uh, there's like a fungus that takes over people's brains and turns them into, you know, what otherwise would be referred to as zombies, but in the mythos of the Last for of Last for Dead? No. Last for Dead and Last of Us. In the Last of us verse um, in the mythos of it, uh, are referred to as clickers because they are these scary mushroom people who run at you and click. And uh, in the first game, Uh, It follows this guy, Joel, uh, taking his, uh, uh, what's the word for it? Uh, He is tasked with bringing this girl across the country uh, because she holds the key to the cure um, to this crazy uh, fungal zombie virus. And along the way, they develop a father-daughter relationship. And it's a really beautiful story and has a crazy ending. And The Last of Us 2 explores the ramifications of... uh, that really crazy ending to The Last of Us Part One, which we will not be talking about because you should still go play it. And um yeah, The Last of Us Part Two uh has took like, I don't know, this is a Mucho uh optimized game. This is a polished to the T game. Like uh not since probably Red Dead Redemption 2. Say what you will about that game's story, but its presentation is just impeccable. You know, you're walking through a cowboy town and you feel like a cowboy. And last of us part two, you're walking through post-apocalyptic Seattle, and it is the luscious, most beautiful, you know, version of Seattle you're gonna see outside of the city limits of Seattle. It's really cool. It's all overgrown with moss and ivy and um the detail is just absurd. Um there's plenty of post-apocalyptic games out there, to the point where I am exhausted with them, frankly. But Last of Us Part Two is the best looking, the most gorgeous, draw, jaw-droppingly beautiful post-apocalyptic anything out there um, in in video games? I won't say movies because uh, there's you know probably other ones that are really good too in movies. But um, yeah, The Last of Us Part Two explores the ramifications of The Last of Us Part One and is about Ellie. You play as this girl who was like a twelve-year-old girl or something in The Last of Us Part One. It takes place like five years later, um, where, uh, you know, I think Ellie's like 19 in The Last, uh, last of Us Part Two. I don't remember. I don't know if I'm getting the ages quite right, but she is a young woman now. And you play as her on this uh, journey across America for a completely different purpose than the journey across the America in the first game. And it's so good. It's so good. It's extremely linear, extremely st- story-driven, where... It feels like every place you're walking in this game is guided by the the invisible narrator of the story. It's just like every it seems like every second, and this this is the same this is the uh, this is the case of the first one uh, as well. It is just so immersive because it just feels like all of these organic things are happening constantly with the interaction between characters as you're walking around, as you're you know killing clickers and the other people you encounter. Um it all feels so natural and the dial on the it feels natural meter is just uh spun up to 11. Um between Last of Us Part 1 and Last of Us Part 2 and it's just it's awesome. You just are transported into this uh this very scary world. Um and it's definitely a horror game, I'll say. Um Last of Us Part 2 is one of the scariest games I've played recently and it is just horrifying. The way these uh, clickers run after you um with how dynamic the the world is you know it just feels so it feels like you're being chased by zombies when you're playing this game like i had to put the controller down a few times because my heart was just racing so fast um and the violence is so visceral and it, it that's what i'm saying with like how things just seem scripted like the interactions where you're just smashing a zombie's face or you know a person's face just look so realistic and you know their jaw just distorts and crunches as you're you know, just gooping their whole bodies with your hammers and bats with scissors strapped to them and stuff. It's it's a lot and it all looks so good. And um, I recently, I'm about 20 hours into the game. I think I'm about um, just getting into the, maybe a little past 20 hours. uh, I'm just kind of getting into the third act. There's some major characters being uh, introduced now. So I think there's, quite a bit to go, but I'm definitely nearing the end. And, uh, it is a beautiful game. I, I pulled an all nighter, uh, over this past weekend, one night, just staying up the entire night playing for hours and hours, just like I used to do with, with games growing up. And, um, I just couldn't stop playing. Like the, the story is so engrossing. You just want to see what happens next. The characters are so well-defined. It, 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 it's bolstered by how good the motion tracking is. Um, I think I would I would say probably not since death stranding if I played a game that just the motion of faces and character models look so realistic um that you're just really drawn in I mean if this were a if this were a TV show or if this was a uh, a movie it would be in all of these uh, all of these lists of you know what is going for the best picture oscar this year what is going for the whatever golden globe for best dramatic series. Like it would stand with the best HBO series out there, like with the leftovers, things of that caliber. Um, It's just so good. Say what you, you know, there's a lot of, you know, I don't, don't, I'm not even going to address the controversy that people have with the story because you can think whatever you want about it, but the presentation in this game, and I don't just mean visuals, the, the way that the visuals serve the story is just I mean, to a T, perfect. I think probably the the most realistic, best looking story you could portray if you're going for a realistic story on current generation video game hardware. It's quite good. And um, I encourage you all to play it if you are able to. I imagine it'll get a PC release eventually uh, because a, a bunch of Sony exclusive games have been. But, you know, don't hold your breath on that. But man, it's good. It is just really good. I mean, it, it's the. I haven't even talked about the gameplay, but you know, much like the first game, but um, even more so, it is a stealth game. You are a very nimble woman uh, in this game, and you are sneaking through tall grass, and everything makes noise, and you're getting chased by dogs, and the dogs can smell you, and you're constantly hiding, going in and out of cover, sneak killing people. You know, with your uh, Ellie has a a, a knife um that doesn't break if you remember from the first game uh joel has to like craft shivs uh anytime he wants to like sneak kill someone or get out of like a clicker's embrace if they're trying to grapple him Um, and ellie has like a knife so you can do a whole lot more sneak killing in this game than you can than you could easily in uh in last of us part one and that lends itself to just making this game a top tier sneaking game i pride myself in playing a lot of stealth games. And in like an RPG, I always go for like a stealth build and the, the, the fluidity of the action, the like how realistic everything looks lends itself to a really satisfying stealth game where you feel like you're actually being stealthy throughout this world. Um, and it's, it's, it's just great. It's, it's just great. Um, and, uh, I don't, I won't say too much more about it because I don't want to get into spoilers uh, about the story or, you know, any specific characters in it, but, uh yeah, the last of us part two has really blown me away, and I, I typically don't a lot of times with games i'll i'll these big long story games i'll play a big chunk of them and then put it down for a while, play the next big chunk, put it down but this one i'm just i'm blown through it a lot faster than I typically do with with big story games and um I think that says a lot. I think that says a lot
1: yeah, but I, I can't wait to play it <laughs> i don't know i i' I've, I've been very excited for this game since I beat when did the first one come out like 2013. Oh,
0: a funny tidbit, tidbit, Matt. Uh, My brother was telling me earlier today that Star Citizen has been in development so long that while it has been in development, The Last of Us Part 1 and 2 have come out. Yep. (laughs)
1: That doesn't surprise me. It's still an alpha, by the way.
0: Um. (laughs) $300 million later. But yeah, Last of Us. Most funded
1: game of all time. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm really stoked. It, It sounds like it's basically just like the first one i mean and not in like a bad way but i mean like uh hitting all those high bars you know like doing all this really cool things um yeah last of us is great i wonder if this is sony strategy like or i guess naughty dog strategy like do some uncharted do some other games as some filler while you're learning the tech and then just top off the generation with the last of us move on i
0: hope so i would i hope so because i would love if uh, after Last of Us Part Two, we got some more of that really great filler, like Uncharted is. Um, you know, that'd be a great thing to look forward to. And you know, because this game comes out has it just came out uh, like a month ago, I think at this point. Um, because it comes out at the end of the PS4 generation, we have not heard anything about what the Naughty Dog's plans are for PS5. Correct me if I'm wrong. Go on our Discord, uh, the Motion Pixels Discord, uh, to our corrections channel. Tell me if I was wrong there. I would love to be wrong um so we won't you know probably hear about a new naughty dog project for quite a while but man the stuff they're putting out at the end of the generation is like the fucking nightcap of a wonderful generation of exclusives for well, they just playstation 4 they
1: almost always just i mean they always do a great job um some but more often than not they do better than a great job they're just doing a fucking amazing job <laughs> you know like some of my favorite like uh the uncharted series got me to buy a ps3 initially like uncharted 2 was so good i bought a ps3 so i could play it on my own and then last of us was amazing also um everything do is good so I'm, I'm excited to see what else they do um i hope they do a new franchise though i hope they don't do that La- i bet Uncharted they will anymore i bet they will did you play f- what was it four was it four or five how many Uncharted's are there now
0: four like, there are four okay
1: did you play four i heard four a little bit was it good
0: it's really cool i mean it's really the uh the intro mission i played i mean honestly a little bit past like the uh well not the epilogue the prologue of the game which takes place in like a totally different area than i guess most of it Mm -hmm. um it's awesome it's really cool it reminds me of like metal gear solid 5's intro that is like that same kind of like compartmentalized just like level you play through that really sets the tone for the whole story um i mean it's a fucking adventure movie dude it's so cool uncharted 4's intro
1: yeah like it's so hard to look back because like i (laughs) remember I was disappointed with three, but it's an amazing game. Still, it's it's the weirdest thing because like two was such a masterpiece that like I played three and it was really good and I was like oh man it wasn't wasn't as good as two though but like two was like an eleven out of ten <laughs> so I wonder I wonder if four how it compares to three because I mean there's no way it's not but like one was kind of mediocre so I don't know probably better than that but yeah Naughty Dog great devs they they made crash bandicoot first right that was their first ip mm-hmm. crash what? bandicoot and dude.
0: before that they did didn't just, they also do jack and dexter yeah or, okay okay i was gonna say no I'm not Clank. jack and dexter
1: yeah it's jack and dexter yeah. yeah, dude just masters of whatever they touch like
0: top tier this is some this is some primo shit dude <laughs> Naughty yeah. dog. that's what i'm telling last of us part two i have played a lot of games ladies and gentlemen i I'm not, you know, I'm not the most epic gamer out there, but I, you know, I have a video game podcast. I think I know what I'm talking about. And Last of Us Part Two, in terms of production quality, is uh, one of the greats. Yeah.
1: Man, how many more months? It's almost August. That's pretty far.
0: Pretty far. That's pretty far. Right. But, uh, man, it's good. Wow. I really, really like this game. And, uh, yeah, it does not shy away from uh, bold story choices, I will say, uh, which I love. It is very, kind of reminds me of uh, another great HBO series recently, Watchmen, where things happen in Watchmen, the series that are just like so counterintuitive to what you think uh, a big TV show would do because it just kind of shortens the lifespan of the whole franchise and famously Watchmen, the uh, HBO show, uh, the showrunner Damon Lindelof, also the showrunner of, uh, you know, Motion Pixels' favorite uh, to the keen listeners, The Leftovers, um, but he came out and said he just didn't want to do a second season. He just capped it off. HBO really wanted a second season. It was considering going with another showrunner, but he was just like, no, I told a story. If other people want to tell a story in the same universe, I mean, go ahead. I can't stop you. But uh, the Watchmen season one is a self-contained thing. And because of that, it gave them the freedom to just do some fucking crazy stuff that, uh, you know, in the Watchmen averse is just so big and impactful and there's no coming, no coming back from. And uh that leads to a really interesting story, and The Last of Us Part Two is no different.
1: Hmm. excited! I'm trying to not be excited. This sucks.
0: No, you should. You should <laughs> totally be excited. I, this I, is the kind of game, in my, in my humble opinion, no. I don't think you can get overhyped for because it's just it's like just firing in all cylinders. And you, sh- I, this is a game that does its uh, does its duty to cap off a generation. I'm just saying, I like to I
1: like to bury the excitement until it's like right on my doorstep right like i'm not like i honestly because i haven't been able to go on vacation this year because of the world events i might take a week off just for the ps5 launch just to go through yeah. all this stuff you know like i got this vacation time i gotta use like
0: dude we should do that together we should do that together Dude,
1: i'd be 100 percent down dude virtual honestly. vacation
0: dude yeah let's do a virtual vacation together we can play a bunch of ps5 oh games my god together.
1: that dude that, that's actually a great idea that'd be so cool yeah
0: all right, uh, this is some pod lore. Uh, keep us accountable. This has got to happen.
1: <laughs> it's going to be great. What, dude, it's going to suck is if one of us is able to get a PS5 and the other can't.
0: I have a feeling uh, we'll find a way. We'll find a way. Like Life You know, mind. who said this? A famously, you know, I think a, a, a archaeologist said that. It was in the Bugsnax trailer. <laughs> Speaking of Snacks, the full version of the Snacks theme song came out, and it's really good. Kiro Kiro Benito. I had not heard much of. I heard a uh, I've heard of them and like they seem very tangential to a lot of bands that I'm into, but I'd never really given them a shot until this Bugsnax full-length song came out I went through the discography. They're great, man. Kirokuro Bonita is a really cool band. And the fact they did the theme song, a very catchy theme song at that, uh, is pretty cool. Oh, Bugsnax. Bugsnax. <laughs> Talk about Bugsnax. Yeah, it's cool. I uh, I like it a lot. And I can't wait. Also, okay, here's a side note. Here's a tangential uh, divergence to the narrative of this podcast. Um, I think it's so funny, Matt. I think it's so funny that, you know, the fucking big wigs of the industry, the titans, have fallen. Uh, Not fallen as in, like, in a bad way, but they have dropped down to earth to grace us with their presence of the next generation of gaming. And the thing people are most excited about is fucking bug snacks.
1: Oh, I mean, I'm... (laughs) I'm not actually really excited about it. I just I know you are, so I was playing along. I I'm not interested in that game whatsoever.
0: Oh, I'm so interested, man! I'm yeah. really excited. Yeah, I know that's,
1: that's that's cool. I just it just doesn't hit anything for me. I, I'm excited to play. I'm like I wouldn't be excited for the PS5 launch. Um, if it wasn't for the old the fact that I get to play all these PS4 games. That's really it. <laughs> that's what I'm actually excited for. I'm gonna
0: play so many old things. It's gonna be weird. I might. What are you gonna play? Uh. Give me a, okay, give me a, just to focus this, give me the, like, three games. Let's say you're going to play three games in that week. Like, what are those three games? Oh, man.
1: Uh, I'm going to, weird first pick. Uh, First game I'm going to play is Until Dawn. Is that what it's called?
0: That's a great decision, Matthew. Yeah,
1: I've been wanting to play that game. I own it. I own that game. (laughs) It's so good. I I don't. If
0: you like... Matt, that game is just like going to the movies to watch like a bad thriller movie or bad like horror movie with your friends. Yeah. It's, no. It's just that feeling. It looks, it looks awesome.
1: like such a cool idea. Like, like it's just, I love um, Evil Dead and Cabin in the Woods.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, just that. it's just that. Yeah. I mean, it's exactly. just that. But choose your own adventure.
1: I, I've been wanting to play, I bought that game because I was like, I'm going to get a PS4 at one point. I might as well just pick this up. <laughs> and I've just been carrying it around for years now, just waiting for the moment. Um, so I'm going to play that first. Uh I'll probably play Spider-Man 2nd cuz that game looks really nice. Uh looks really neat. I like Spider-Man games. Spider-Man 2 on uh, GameCube, PS2. I don't know if it was on mm-hmm. Xbox, but that was a pretty good game. It just it's probably just way better than that game was um oh yeah hold on i want to talk about spider-man 2 for a sec <laughs> um so do you remember the plot of the original spider-man 2 with like doc ock
0: yeah and he's trying to get like the hardest the power of the sun but he flies too close to it no like say.
1: the the subplot where um peter parker is losing his powers throughout the movie
0: oh do you remember that oh, yeah it's like a it's like an erectile dysfunction allegory i think yeah
1: yeah uh So that's happening the whole movie, right? So he's kind of like, his spidey senses are going in and out. Um, And when I played that game, I thought that tied into the gameplay... Because, like, I'd be swinging around and then all of a sudden it would just stop working and I would, like, have to, like, scramble <laughs> real quick to, like, a, like you know, shoot a web or do something. And I was like, wow, this game's so cool. Like, they're tying that in. And then I died once from it. And I was like, this is bullshit. I, I don't agree with this. And then it just turns out my controller was breaking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, uh, that, that's all I wanted to share. I, I
0: thought that was Tyson <laughs> well. You know, i well. I'm, I'm- I'm glad you shared that story because it proves that we were both fucking morons when we were kids. Uh cuz I remember going to see I was very excited to see the first Harry Potter movie when it when it came to theaters. And uh I remember having read the book and you know right before being all excited and then going to the movies talking with my friends like, you know, I don't know how they're going to handle like going from one chapter to the other in the movie, but I have a feeling they're going to knock it out of the park. <laughs> 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 like i i like in my head it just like made sense that there was going to be like title cards between all the chapters in the book yeah i bet
1: they knock it out of the park oh that's great <laughs> oh man <laughs> um let's see what's third ah third's a hard choice it's between god of war and uncharted four that is i don't know
0: those are those are very good picks uh, god of war is extremely good
1: I know. I might play God of War. God, I just feel so bad that Uncharted isn't, like, up there for me anymore. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. There's probably some other good games, too. Like, you know, what's kind of crazy is I think the PS3, not PS3, PS4, people look at it right now and think, wow, like, Sony just has all these amazing first-party titles and just my, nobody else can really compete. Well, I guess, you know, Nintendo's up there, but, they're, like, Sony's definitely an – Well, Nintendo's in a league of their own. Sony is also. But if you really think about it, it's only been like in the past three years (laughs) that all those games have
0: come out. Like No, like six years. Is it? Six years. Yeah, because the 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 big one I think of that started out for me thinking of PlayStation 4 is this destination for amazing games you could only play on the PS4 is Bloodborne. And I'm pretty sure that game came out in 2014. I guess that's true.
1: I don't know. I wasn't too interested in that one. A lot of people really? like, yeah. I don't know why. It just never hit me. Yeah, I guess you're right. I think they had a good. I feel like recently they've had like multiple a year though, which has been.
0: Well, dude, this year, think of what fucking Sony's put out just in. That's what I'm uh, saying. 2020, dude, it's crazy. Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, I've been watching a gameplay of that, and it's it's awesome. Uh, Last of Us Part Two. Say what you will, you know, if you like the story, if you don't, that's a uh, achievement of a game. And right before that, Final Fantasy seven remake, which I watched a full playthrough of that, didn't. It's just not my cup of tea personally, but I mean, that game looked that game looked great and uh, was certainly like uh, in the vein of like Kingdom Hearts style, Kingdom Hearts and you know Final Fantasy games. I'm just I don't really play Final Fantasy games, just have a history in Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, but uh, it's seven like Remake that looks kind amazing, of amazing, dude. Yeah, it, compared to any of those games I played, Seven Remake is amazing um yeah, that's, if that's just this year
1: yeah that's what i'm saying i feel like recently like the past couple years it's just been rapid fire like because i know it that the the platform started off really weak uh if you look back like the mm-hmm. the first couple titles were kind of awful like do you remember the order when that uh
0: came out? yes i remember the order but the order is really cool it's just really short
1: yeah i yeah it was lacking i guess is what yeah lacking it, um and then you know knack 2 uh <laughs> game of the Decade. <laughs> <laughs> um but that decade is passed, so but yeah i like I, I, I don't think things started really ramping up until like bloodborne you know like I've, maybe that was the mm-hmm. turning point cuz yeah but yeah that like it, it's crazy how just a good couple years makes everybody uh totally set on that so sony's always had better exclusives than microsoft but it's like
0: uh see that okay i have kind of a problem with that not because i want to defend microsoft's honor or anything but because i think a lot of people forget that for a, a minute xbox 360 just had mass effect bioshock uh what are some other ones i, th- I feel like there's some other franchises that i'm forgetting i guess they had kind of had like call of duty to a degree um i think for there was a minute but where I'll... xbox 360 had better exclusives than the playstation 3 yeah
1: but they weren't like
0: dude mass like... effect and bioshock you know
1: no, we, we we've talked about this before that was like. I feel like that was a, hmm, what's the right word? I don't know if those were planned as Microsoft exclusives. From what do you mean? The they, Microsoft
0: literally paid these companies yeah, to don't know. Like, hey, I don't know. Guys, I don't, this is an exclusive to Microsoft, a textbook example of an exclusive to a platform.
1: I know, I but like what I'm, what I'm trying to say is it's like, I we're not going to see Last of Us or God of War or any of that stuff on uh on Xbox at any point. Maybe next generation since Microsoft's doing it really fucking weird, but I that's not something you're going to see. Whereas like paid exclusives are like different. Like yeah, you can shell out, but they didn't buy the studio. So it's not like we only played BioShock uh sure. 1 2 and Infinite, you know. And so like you can like pay to have the better stuff for a bit, but like Sony's just for first party I guess it's the better word to use first party exclusives has just like always not completely better since Microsoft for a moment uh, when Halo and Gears were really good <laughs> had that, but um, uh, just I, I, they've I, always had trendy. like a wide portfolio, you know, like, I don't know. So mm-hmm. Sony's just seemed to have always had it and is really invested in it more, especially like cinematic story games in a way. Like, I feel like they've really gone in on that. Like all their games, I feel like are uh, like Sony's first parties are just like, if you have to use two things to describe them is a uh, cinematic third person, <laughs> you know, like I feel like uh, yeah. most, most of them really fall into that.
0: Actually, I would say two words I would you just use to describe them all really good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, then there's, then there's some stinkers. Like what was that? Uh, That, that motorcycle game
0: uh grand turismo no Sport? uh the
1: about? motorcycle that was a really poor word to choose to describe it um the zombie game <laughs> oh on days gone
0: dude i heard i heard days gone was really good
1: yeah i i but it wasn't like like it, everybody was really hyped you know like it was going to be another uh amazing knock out of the park sony hit and i heard it was more just like average like it was really buggy when it came out at least um you know it, it, it didn't like have the re- reception that horizon or something had i feel like it was hyped to be that and it it wasn't which just means they have such a high bar (laughs) but even if you have a good game it's uh bad because it's not as good as your masterpieces you've been you know just laying on the table three times a year
0: (laughs) that's a a visceral way to put it matthew but yeah i totally agree i totally agree and you know that's why there's a lot obviously a lot of excitement around microsoft and how they're uh, Uh, as of late picking up all these big uh, studios uh, i don't know Matt, say what you will, uh, say what you will about the Xbox event. I'm not saying it blew my socks off, but all I'm saying is Microsoft is investing.
1: Yeah, they're in the investing. Yeah, maybe in like five years they'll have a good lineup. But it's like you go into that event and it's what was shown. Like, like the 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 hype is game. Halo Infinite's interesting. Like, it, it, a lot of people are shitting on the graphics. I really don't care about that. Um, I feel yeah, like I think it looks great. I think that platform aspect they're going for is really weird, and I would like to see how they're gonna do that but like the hypest thing is oblivion since they're already putting results out like avowed looks neat avowed is like what like like when uh what was it called it's not the outer wilds outer world outer worlds Mm -hmm. is that Mm -hmm. the game yeah like when that came out everybody's like yeah sick oblivion's like coming for bethesda because they can't make a fucking game with a decent engine (laughs) you know they haven't had anything good in like 10 years um and It's like avowed, like cool. We have Elder Scrolls Six. We have good Elder Scrolls Six now, <laughs> like. So uh, I'm excited for that. But everything else, it's like, oh, cool. We got a fa- we got a Nebulous Fable teaser. Sweet,
0: we've yeah. had a- and, and well. It's, you, I think okay. I think you got to give that one some slack because I think what the point of the um, I think with the point of that presentation was was to get people excited for the Xbox Series X and the you know, incoming nebulous, you know, good word for this too, nebulous generation of Xbox. You know, it'll work on everything. But I think they wanted to get you in, like invested in it for the long haul. And that was clearly showing that Fable is a long way off, but get excited because it's coming to the Xbox ecosystem.
1: Yeah, and I get that. And like, I mean, I'm not saying they can never turn it around. I'm sure Microsoft can turn around in like five years or something, maybe even sooner, maybe in like three, maybe they'll start getting stuff out there real quick and they just don't want to overhype it but i i I can't believe that like like the 360 generation is good because they actually had a good amount of uh original hmm, yeah i guess a good amount is the right word not a huge amount but they released a lot of good things in the 360 generation and then we've been coasting off that ever since (laughs) you know it's like oh cool um xbox one they showed us halo and gears and kind of teased a fable game before they killed it. And now we're going to the, the next generation, and we're getting teased with uh, Halo, <laughs> Fable. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. Like, just make something new. <laughs> like, I don't know. It, it's just sad. It, 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 I'm honestly. There is new things. There is but new things. But they suck. Like, what, like, State of Decay, like, that's, that's your lineup title. Like, State of Decay is like, it, when the first one came out, it was a meme game. Like, it was fun, but it was buggy as shit. And it was an Xbox Live arcade game you know and like somehow because they have nothing it's like yeah this is our trump card <laughs> and that's also another game that they had a trailer for because it's in pre-production you know it's like they i don't know it's like what have you been doing the past three years <laughs> like, like you've everyone's been saying this forever <laughs> and it's just so weird to uh like they're going in just with nothing it, it's strange
0: I don't think they're going in with nothing. There's a lot of cool stuff. The, I, don't, I don't know what the long is. They're going
1: in with not a good pipeline.
0: You know? I think, the, I think there's. I, I disagree. I think the medium looked really cool. Uh, that Everwild. They have the games weakest pipeline the
1: of any of the consoles.
0: Um, how so? What, what do you think looks better? Like, how do you. Why do you. Why, what, why would you think the PlayStation 5 has a weaker pipeline?
1: No, PlayStation For 5 has a better. Yeah, because I actually saw games with just the cinematic trailers that I was excited for. And I because I believe they're going to come and I have a feeling they're going to be great. And there's just a lot of other stuff in Sony's backlogs that like I can uh like I look I look back at games from that presentation and I'm still excited about them. And this, this Microsoft one, I'm like curious about Halo, <laughs> you know, like that's it. and that that's your representation for the next gen, you know, like imagine if the switch launched and they're like, yeah, we have breath of the wild and um, there's, I mean, that's kind of
0: how it was. There was but there breath was of the like the, the
1: promise of like, Hey, we're, we're getting the new Mario out there, you know, like we're getting all these other first parties and they've, they've been slow. Like they do like maybe like one or two a year, but it's like enough, but I don't even think like, I'm excited for Microsoft this generation because I just get their shit. I don't have to buy their garbage console. Like, the console is probably pretty good, but I don't have to buy into that ecosystem because I'm already there because they're just bringing it to my uh, gaming platform of choice, you know? Like, I can just buy yeah. all their games on PC. So if the, even if they only do one good thing all generation, it's awesome because I get to play it. Um, but, like, you know, if Nintendo or Sony was trying to do that, it would be a completely different story because I have to buy into their hardware, and that's, like, a more enticing promise because I... I believe they're gonna do that, and Microsoft is like, "We're making moves." It's like, okay, but let me let me see something. <laughs> I know you're buying all these studios, but you're trying to sell me Fable still. <laughs> since since I was a kid, I've been uh, been sold Fable. How about we uh, <laughs> how about we get something? I mean, else? I
0: think I am okay being sold Fable because the studio seems really good
1: but what if what if sony was still selling you jack and daxter (laughs) you know like like what if what if we're all all playing spyro and crash bandicoot still (laughs) you know like like i like the innovation like sony and i guess nintendo kind of does that in a way but they like i'm playing new nintendo games i didn't play back in the day i played fire emblem this year for the first time that's hype you know that's really cool um yeah i don't know i just Microsoft like I want to believe they're going to do well but I I got to see it. I'm going to I'm going to not believe it until I see it. That's my rant.
0: <laughs> no, I think you bring up a lot of very fair points uh and it's like I said the uh the Xbox event certainly did not knock my socks off, but I thought enough stuff looked good and uh I have enough hope for the big hitters like uh Halo Infinite that I'm excited, and I think it's going to be at least good. I don't think it's going to be bad.
1: Yeah, um, I see. I think, in a strange way, I think Halo Infinite is going to really, really hurt Destiny, because I think everything that Destiny, like, so Destiny has a has a weird little platform they got right, and this is good because we want to talk about this anyways. So like, Destiny Two is like, you know. Bungie, they made halo it has a very halo gunplay feel there's a couple of modernizations that they've done um to the the formula like you can sprint and there's more weapons and uh on top of all that they added like it's like a mmo light it's like if you mix like baby's first warcraft and baby's first diablo into one and Mm -hmm. with halo and and that's kind of the game and I think a lot of people that play Destiny, like, like there's people that obviously like to grind loot and uh, really engage in those hard RPG aspects for how, many, how little there are in that game. Like they try to do what they can with it. But I think a lot of people just don't care and play it because it's kind of fun and you get a cool gun and it's stronger and you use it. But like if you're just playing the game for the gunplay, I think that's just what Halo Infinite is going to be. I think it's going to be Destiny without stats. And I think that's actually like a really good idea. <laughs> <laughs> for um uh, a lot of reasons uh so if they nail it i i think it has a shot at uh stealing stealing some destiny 2 players but we'll see 343 hasn't exactly had the greatest track record with their original ips so
0: yeah they definitely have not had much luck with the halo series so far yeah um at best i thought halo 4 was good and what i saw from halo infinite i think it looks a lot better than that. Um it seems like it's just Halo Combat Evolved plus Skyrim or, you know, maybe plus Breath of the Wild. And I think that's really cool. Even if they're just mashing some genres together um, in the name of innovation, I think the uh, the bones of Halo aren't good enough where it can, it can be pretty awesome with that. And if they have managed to develop some secret sauce to kind of get back the magic of the Halo uh, one through reach, I think that would be, Um, pretty amazing and would prove that uh, the world has not just outgrown Halo, which is possible, totally possible that maybe games have learned enough from the Halo franchise where now we just don't really need Halo anymore because um, there's other games out there doing it, you know, doing it better. And that's okay. But um, I think it's very possible that Halo Infinite might deserve kind of a, a mainstay spot in the uh in the next generation i hope so at least
1: yeah we'll see hope they do a demo that'd be neat
0: you know what i'm i was a little surprised they didn't release one because the at the xbox event the halo demo starts out with them on a splash screen that says like press start to, to start demo yeah right and it's like okay guess i will or guess i won't <laughs> if you're not going to release it
1: yeah we'll we'll see we'll see um I think with, they got to do something like they're I bet they really try to make the, I guess the multiplayer reveal. Is that what they're doing next month? Like they split up yeah. their presentation into two different ones, right? Like we're getting another mm-hmm. one next.
0: This was just campaign.
1: No, I mean just their, their Microsoft as a whole is doing a whole second, uh, like game showcase at some point. Oh really?
0: I thought it was just Halo. I thought they were just doing a Halo. Oh yeah. And
1: well, they said they're showing Halo again, but I think I, I was listening to, you know, uh, pod of choice of our pod, uh, easy allies on my mm-hmm. uh, post work walk friends today, of the, friends of the show, friends of the show. Um, even if they don't know it, um, what do you mean? <laughs> uh, anyways, they, they were saying they were going to do a second one because it was their episode where they were recapping it. Um, so they were mentioning there's a second Microsoft presentation. So hype. hopefully they, maybe I'll eat my words. Maybe that's when we get the amazing load out or a uh, lineup whatever whatever they got planned but the world
0: yeah i hope so the world waits yeah with bated bated breath chief chief we need you yeah i'm uh you know it'll be good it'll be good <laughs> uh yeah but you know speaking of things that are good uh destiny 2 is still good uh it's been out for four years i bought it at launch played it a bunch I uh, got to max level when it came out and then stopped until now. Uh, Matt and I picked it up uh the past in the past week or so and it's been very fun to just hop on after work for a couple of hours and uh do some grinding, just some uh shooting galleries um with some of the best current gunplay in the biz and we've been having a stellar time.
1: Yeah it's it's pretty great I'm, I'm surprised that it's still destiny's still so big i can't believe it <laughs> it's like one of the top played games on steam isn't that crazy it doesn't surprise me yeah. because I think me. in the
0: history of video games bungie is one of the best developers in the entire history of video games
1: yeah yeah it's just it's wild that i don't know there's like i feel like a lot of people that don't play destiny think it's bad because everybody just complains about destiny all the time and yet there's literally just like probably hundreds of thousands of people playing it daily still (laughs) you know here okay
0: so matt so we've been uh, talking a lot this week about official statements of the motion pixels podcast and i think we can both agree that our official statement to the destiny 2 community um, this is the motion pixel endorsed position for the destiny 2 position uh for the destiny 2 community uh it is as follows shut up (laughs) yeah (laughs) Don't, no more Bungie, please. <laughs> there are so many just disgustingly entitled posts out there in the Destiny 2 community. And I'm just asking, please shut up.
1: Well, it's it's mostly, it, it's like kind of what I was saying with Halo Infinite. It's, they're trying to toe this line of casual grind fest and those things don't go super well together for the um let's say the uh the what are the outer reaches of the bell curve uh because the people that really like grinding mm-hmm. don't like that the ding
0: dong edges of the bell curve <laughs> yeah
1: the edges. yeah it's like the people that just want to grind uh there's not enough or there is too much stuff uh, that, like caps it or something like that and then for the people that don't want to grind and just want to shoot there's still some of that for some things in the game, and it's—I think people just don't like that, and the game appeals to both. But it's—it's it's good, so people stay. It's just bizarre. Um, I find myself squarely in the middle. Like, there's a lot of content I choose to not do in Destiny Two because it sounds boring, but there's so much stuff to do that is just really good um, that I can just play it all the time. Like, we've basically have just done the same activity loop for the past week. And it's been great, and I want to do it more. Just do some strikes, do some p v p maybe do a little quest, get a gun, level up our gear. It's great pretty soon. uh Sean, friend of the show, uh expressed interest in potentially getting back into destiny, 2. Wow, so we might have a group since our friend Mr. Hiding also has gotten back in. We might be able to do some uh do some raids with the boys be hyped that'd be that'd be great. The raids are like one of the better parts of the game, and it's really sad that like nobody that i know that plays this game has experienced them yet because there's like no matchmaking you know so you actually have to have a group um and it's kind of hard to get six people together for a game you know so hopefully we're able to do that i
0: have never played a raid so that would be dude the raids
1: are so good i uh i was watching i was refreshing my mind on how to do the uh leviathan raid in case we try to do it sometime soon.
0: Oh, so yeah, the, the Leviathan, that's the first one they dropped? That's yeah, the, on it, the big gold chip?
1: Yeah, it's the—it's the, I believe it's the first raid that they ever did. And it's really good. The raids are just so different than anything else you get in that game. Um, a lot of the other gameplay elements kind of borrow from each other and kind of will have similar loops, or they'll like, reuse kind of the same thing in places. But for the raids, dude, they go all out. Like Their raid team... Uh, From the few I played, seem to be top tier. They're just so unique. Um, There's not a whole lot of gunplay in them, which is why I think I like them so much. It's not just, like, kill endless waves of enemies that are really hard. It's, like, do these really convoluted steps that you have to interpret. Like, it's like a puzzle, and it'll make you, like, it, like, tests you in certain ways. Uh, And and it's really, they're hard to execute, because they tend to be, like, these... Multi-layered things that everybody has to do their part, and if one person messes up, the whole thing screws up. But when you do it, you know you're like a well-oiled machine, and it feels amazing. Um, and they're ugh, yeah, Leviathan's so good. Oh, <laughs> I can't wait till you can try that. And the new dungeon, the new dungeon looks neat. Um, we don't need a full group for that, so we can probably hop into that probably like a week when you get your
0: when you get level cap. Yeah, I should definitely be there within the next week. Yeah, I'm uh, pretty close now.
1: What are you liking as a, I've been playing Destiny pretty frequently for the, like, like on and off, like not nonstop for a year and a half now, but I've been playing a lot the past year and a half. Um, And you played at launch, but I don't think you've played really since then. So like, what brought you back?
0: No, not at all. Um, What brought me back? Well, I was thinking I wanted a a new live game to get back into or get into. And I was thinking about what's out there. I even considered World of Warcraft, but then I remembered like, duh, like I really liked Destiny 2 when it came out and it sounded more appealing than The Division 2, which I liked uh, when it came out. But I just think Destiny is a whole lot more fun uh, just in the spaceman jumping around aspects of it. So uh, yeah, that's what made me want to get back into it. I just recognize the greatness that is uh, Bungie as a game developer and wanted to kind of check in on what they were up to.
1: Nice. Well, you liking it? Does it does it feel different? Does it feel the same?
0: Uh, I mean, it feels the same. I would say, um, probably better. Um, but the core is there. I mean, I was never one uh, to get too bummed out about Destiny Two when it launched. I know people had a lot of problems with the the loops of it, but um, I just thought it was an awesome game to um, to like to literally play. It felt great, and uh, I thought the story was kind of dumb, which is a bummer to me. But um, clearly the main selling point of the destiny franchise has been maybe the the mythos of it and uh, like the setting of it uh, and just the core gameplay. And uh, that was doing strikes and um, you know, jumping around clearing out bad guys and doing public events and stuff. And uh, it just seems like there's more to do that I have not played uh, you know, cause it wasn't around at launch and it's been really cool to discover uh, the new stuff that they've added. I think they've added a few new planets that I, um, haven't seen. I think so. And, um, I think the moon wasn't around maybe when destiny two first came out and yeah, that uh,
1: came out last year at the, uh, the shadow keep expansion.
0: Yeah. And I just got the expansion too. Um, I will say I was playing the completely free version, um, for the past week and there's so much you can do. I did not need to get the expansions. I just, uh, kind of anger bought them because I found out that even though Microsoft at the Microsoft event announced that, uh, destiny, Two and all of its expansions was coming to game pass. I was assuming that they meant the p c as well, but they did not, so I went and bought uh steam keys for the expansions and activated them and uh now I have all of destiny two so um yeah, I'm excited to get more into it because it's been nothing but uh good vibes so far yeah
1: oh i'm I'm glad people are slowly trickling back into it. I've been wanting to get back into it for a bit, but no one uh. No one I had played with before was in, and it's not super great on your own. Like, you definitely need a, a buddy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, though I find it, it's a like a lunch break game. I think with like a half hour, you can actually have a decent time by yourself. But for like, a like you wouldn't, at least this isn't the kind of game I would want to just like grind all night by myself. Yeah. You know? Having like f- a four hour long stint with this game is a lot more fun if you have someone to bullshit with during it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I don't know if I could ever play this on my lunch break. <laughs>
0: Why not? I don't know. You could. could you, you could, could do
1: a, totally do it. I don't, it just feels like do like a quest a or commitment. strike or something. I would take up my whole lunch. I
0: don't know. Yeah, just you know, chug a soylent and uh, a soylent. do a strike, bro. <laughs> oh
1: man, no, nah, I like to cook. Got to get my breakfast. You know, got to get my eggs. Got to get, got to get that uh that nutrition for the rest of the day. You know, that way I can just play when I get off of work.
0: Boring. Boring. Um, but yeah, Destiny Two, <laughs> Destiny Two, uh, very good game. And I think it's really cool that they made it free. Um, you get, like, with the free version, it's not like some stripped-down version, like the free version of World of Warcraft, where, like, stripped-down in the sense, like, you only get to level 20 or whatever. Um, you can still get up to the max the max power level, as far as I understand it. You just don't get a lot of the expansions. You get, like, the first two or three expansions that came out for Destiny 2, and then not the most recent two. And um, I don't know how they're going to do it in the future, but I imagine they're going to keep that same... Uh, like cadence of you just get the like you have to buy the latest two expansions and you get the other ones for free. Yeah, it's like you get um, like
1: seventy percent of the game. Maybe mm-hmm. I mean right now it's a little more, but I think that's how it's gonna be going forward. I don't know. We'll see.
0: Yeah, but the nature of the game is like so quote unquote infinite that you can keep playing that seventy percent and have a perfectly satisfying oh, yeah, exactly. game loop. Yeah, like yeah, and y- you get to you max level, the... and everything. Like you're not like missing. You're not like missing the experience the core experience you're just missing added on added on uh, stuff yeah that, you know, the, the downside you more is stuff to do.
1: the downside is a lot of the stuff they've added in the past two years is like some of the best content so like you're gonna dude if we do some strikes later and we get any of the shadow or uh forsaken ones they're so good they're so much better than the base game ones like like if you're playing destiny 2 for free it is totally worth it to get the expansions They added so, so much good stuff to the game. Um, Just like content wise, like, like, like you were saying, like you can get all the guns and power level. And I even think like the newest dungeon is free. Like even that some of the raids are free, but all the other stuff that isn't is price gated because it's really good. (laughs) So um, if you enjoy the game, it's worth, worth getting the DLC.
0: Yeah. And right now I think you can get the DLC for destiny. I just bought it today. Um, if you want to buy a full price just from you know in destiny Two, you can just click a couple buttons and then they're yours i think they're already downloaded and everything um i think it's about i think it's 35 for the newest one which is called shadow keep which takes place on the moon and uh or, you know and other places probably and forsaken which is a big story kind of a big story arc uh that one's 25 bucks so for 60 bucks, you can get the latest two expansions. Um, I found them a little cheaper um, from some Steam Key websites, if that's your thing. And uh, you can save, you know, like $10, $20 that way. And it, uh, I mean, it's a Bungie game. You're buying new Bungie games. What's not to like about that? I feel like the the awe factor of Bungie putting out new games is a little deafened by uh the way that they're releasing you know these expansions where i think generally people don't get as excited about expansions as they do about full new games but i mean destiny brings the quality that you would expect in a uh or in in a bungee game and it's pretty cool i mean like i said it's been awesome just discovering the new stuff that i've i missed um and it all just feels so good to play
1: yeah like we already said it. Well, no, we didn't we didn't quite say it. But if we're gonna be doing official takes all all episode. Official motion pixel take on Destiny 2. Pretty
0: good. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty pretty good. All right, gamer. You wanna wanna wrap this up? Uh I'm glad you asked. No, I don't, because I want to hear about Vermin oh. type two. Oh, do ya? I do. do this ya? is a game I have never played. Um here how about this how about this I will introduce Vermintide 2 and it's probably going to be riddled with stuff that's wrong because I've never played it. Um Vermintide 2 is a game by some studio that is affiliated with Games Workshop the makers as you may know is keen uh pay your attentions to a- attentions to of co- pop culture may know uh famously created Warhammer. Uh Vermintide 2 it's set in coincidentally the Warhammer universe and uh, based on Matt's descriptions of it, you uh kill rats with melee weapons. And that's all I know about Verminite 2. Yeah. Oh, also it's like Left for Dead.
1: It's uh it's Left for Dead. If if people had stuck with that uh like you know, Left for Dead came out, um what like over oh god over 10 years ago or something Mm -hmm. um and no one's i mean people have done games like that but it hasn't been a genre for as big as left for dead was i feel like not a whole lot of nobody really took it up to continue to evolve that franchise in like the very left for dead way like there's obviously been like pve kill stuff games um but Vermintide two feels very, very much like Left 4 Dead, uh, down to like respawn mechanics and items, and like there's even like things like, like you know in Left 4 Dead, uh, you'd get like temporary HP from pain pills and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. That's like pills a, here. Yeah, there's like there's systems like that. Like oh yeah, that so <laughs> that's a good point too. Like the voice line, uh, the voice lines in this game are great, um, and like everything that this game is basically these developers who made it kind of sat down, looked at what was good about left 4 dead and built more evolved systems on top of it set in the Warhammer universe. And it's primarily melee. There is some range cause some people have like, well b- have bows or like musket style guns, but it's mostly uh, melee based and like the systems that they've evolved is uh, your character matters. So like in left 4 dead, you just pick somebody and there's no impact. It's just, who you look like. Um, In this game, there's like, I think there's six or seven different characters and uh, they will have levels and you get to choose different skill trees for them as you go through it. Uh, But on top of that, there's three different classes for each character too. Uh, So you can spec out different ways to play. Like I've been playing as this dwarf guy. I think his name is like Baron or something. And um, he has one where he, it's like his traditional build. He just has like a, you can use a shield and like a, like a mace or you can have like a, I don't know. I think you can have a gun. Um, And there's another one where I think he's more focused around uh, being ranged. I don't know. I haven't really played his other two because the one I'm playing is the best. It's a, it's a slayer class where he just gets like, he's only melee based, but like his kit or like, I guess when you scale him up, it's basically as a, he has a a special where he'll just like launch himself and he goes into like a flurry where he can just attack really fast. Um, And so there's like, What I'm trying to say is there's a bunch of ways that you can build characters and you can spec them out. So it has like a really strong RPG aspect. And then that that also goes over to your gear. So you'll constantly be trying to get better gear um, as you progress through the game. And it gives more of a sense of purpose, I guess, to doing missions. Whereas like Left 4 Dead, you do it because it's fun. You know, that's what games are for. They're fun, play with your friends, it's a good time. Um, In this game, you play them and you get better stuff. And you're constantly leveling up. Uh, you're getting better gear. You can do harder things. Uh, you can play in a bunch of different ways. Uh, there's a cool... The equipment system is kind of like Destiny 2, where, you know, there's like... We kind of told you this last night uh, when we were playing, where it's it takes longer to level up your first character, but once you get to the second and third, it's way quicker um, because you can share stuff and you can just boost your level real quick. Uh, that's kind of how this game works, is you're you have your bait what your first character will take the longest to level up but if you ever want to switch over you can start rolling weapons at that power level you're at so you can be strong already and you don't have to like go through a whole different grind tree for six or seven other characters like you're already there you can just swap over and do cool things already um so that and then there's so many maps like i think this game's been out for like two or three years and i think there's like 30 something campaigns like like a, a campaign being like um like a level from left for dead you know um, like a
0: movie from left for dead those, like, yeah like those yeah, what,
1: yeah whatever whatever they called them i think they called them campaigns but it's basically levels there's like 30 different levels um throughout like the dlcs they've released and whatnot they're all really good they're all really fun um the uh, zombie mechanic is pretty, I think there's like the director, like, you know, they kind of marketed Left 4 Dead with that director aspect where there's a uh, AI that's kind of like dropping items randomly and sending different specials out depending on what's going on. Um, that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of in this game too. So missions never play the same. Um, there's typically like a boss encounter each level will have. And uh, the boss is randomized from a selection of them and it can come at any point. So there's like a bunch of different areas where a boss can show up, but you never know when to expect it. So, oh, that's awesome. so it keeps it fresh. So like uh, every time you play it, it's, I mean, it's not a new experience. Like you'll know where the level is uh, or, and how it's set up, but it will play differently every time, which is the most important part because that's the whole game is doing these PvE campaigns. And I mean, even with 30, after you do 30, it could get old, but it doesn't. You can play the same one five times in a row and it'll go away differently. Um, and the last thing that makes it really neat is there's like this optional difficulty you can choose to engage with in the level. There's this system called, uh, I think the items are called grimoires. Um, when you pick them up, you lose 25% of your health, your entire team. Oh, whoa. Um, and they're optional.
0: And like, like lose 25% of your max HP yep. or lose 25% of whatever you have uh, left
1: max HP. So you just can oh, wow. only have up to 75 and there's two of those, so you can go down to 50. And on the harder difficulties, getting hit can take, already take like a third or a fourth of your health. And so you can basically get one
0: or two shot uh, at the point. So, you know, that that reminds me a lot of, you know, one of my goats, uh, Binding of Isaac. There's like a mechanic almost exactly like that, where you can like basically like make deals with the devil to uh, permanently remove part of your health, you know, in the name of getting like a cool power up. Yeah. for the rest of your run
1: yeah and it works like that in this game where it's like the whole point to do that is you get at the end of a mission depending on how many things you find and if you did it you get a chest and the chest levels up for the different things you did so if you get all the grimoires um there's also these things called tomes which don't take away your health but they take your healing item slot so you just can't carry a heal item if you want to take a tome out um for all these collectibles you take out of the level, you get a better chest. And the better chest will have a better chance to get better gear. So you get incentivized with better stuff, but it makes it way harder. So it's this fun little balance because when you're going through, you're like, hmm, can't we do a grimoire? Are we ready? Do we have enough stuff? Like, are we going to actually make it out? Because if you wipe, you get nothing. Um, and these campaigns or levels take like 20, 30, maybe even 40 minutes. <laughs> so uh, you don't want to waste all, your, all the time you put in uh just to get the grimoire because then you're like you're just out and you got nothing for that whole run um so it's a fun little like meta aspect that also like helps
0: turn the turn each run on its head you know i am beginning to notice that i just love games with runs runs are great runs are great
1: replayable see and they're like destiny 2 has that with strikes but strikes are always the same for the most part like you can do nightfalls Mm -hmm. where they're more challenging it might be like a wanted enemy and they do like little modifiers to change it, but it's not like the boss is different or you can't find a grimoire
0: <laughs> in Destiny 2. Um, yeah. There's not that like, oh, so, oh, so tasty procedural generation aspect. Yeah. Just a little hint of it,
1: you know, to make it spice yeah. things up. Like that stuff's great. Yeah.
0: I think there's something called the infinite forest that's that attempted to be that, but I don't know to what degree of success they achieved with, with that aspect of Destiny 2. Yeah,
1: I can't remember. I don't know if I played that one or not. I think I played something that was set in the Infinite Forest. And it was like We
0: did do a strike last week that was in the Infinite Forest, yep. but it, I don't think that's what the Infinite Forest is. The Halloween event was like that. It was uh, different every time, um, which is pretty cool. But-, but the cool thing about Left for Dead, and it sounds like Vermintide 2, is that it's not just different every time. It's reactive Yeah, actively different every time Mm -hmm. to what you're doing.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, It's it's different and it will throw different things at you and you have to choose how to do it. So it's not like a randomly generated level. It's just the events that take place and where you find items and all that stuff is different every time. So you, you can't like go in knowing like, okay, we can burn some health here because there's healing kits up ahead or we have to save everything for the boss that's in this next area. It's, you you don't know, <laughs> you just gotta be ready. Um, it's really fun. It's a, it's a good time. You should, you should, if it's on sale, you should pick it up. If we're still playing it, it's a, it's a pretty fun run.
0: Yeah. I'd like to, because I was um really pissed off by the state of the world recently and, just hate played, not hate played, but I was in a very angsty mood, so I just went and played through a few campaigns in uh, Left for Dead Two by myself. So um, I've definitely I've definitely recently been in the mood for this kind of directedly procedurally generated uh, zombie punch and fest. So yeah, that'd be cool. I- I'd like to play.
1: And they, uh, they just announced. I think it was at the Microsoft event. Uh, they're doing the next one. I guess it's not a sequel but they're making a game just like this but in the 40k universe.
0: Oh, Dark Tide I think it's called yeah. or it's Warhammer 40k Dark Tide. Yep, yep. Corrections hit us up if that's wrong. It's Dark Tide. But uh okay, yeah. But still if Matt's wrong, specifically now it would Matt's be not. a correction of Matt. <laughs> if it, you know, it would be a correction of Matt, not me for the record, if it's not called Dark Tide. I'm just saying. But yeah, that does look very cool. That was like a cinematic trailer, but that's one of those things you kind of know what you're getting. It was a cinematic trailer that had some like space marines encountering some like zombies or something like that. And I knew about Vermintide 2 enough to know that, oh, this is Vermintide in space. That sounds fucking dope.
1: Yep. Yeah, and the, the game's not polished. The game's really janky. It doesn't run super well. Um everybody, everyone we've been playing with, we all play on the lowest settings just because. We like high frame rate, and you can't get anything reasonable <laughs> otherwise. Um, so I'm guessing Dark Tide's like that, but it's just a fun game. You know, I don't care. Like, I, I it's not, it's not a triple A game. It's not pretending to be a triple A game. It's just a, it's just a good time with some friends.
0: Uh, speaking of time, uh, it is now time for me to announce the much anticipated end of this podcast because this has been the motion pixels podcast my name is august meyer august say goodbye farewell joined this week by my co-host matthew rawlings matthew say goodbye uh wow i (laughs) i I was gonna do something i was like "Mm, no uh goodbye (laughs) uh because this has been the motion pixels podcast End theme song Finished. You know, this is—I don't know—you know—I don't mean to get um, political. I don't mean to get political about denuclearization, but uh, this is an anti. <laughs> <laughs>